Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got a great episode for you. It's going to be Obscure Cryptids Day here on Paratruth Radio. We've done plenty of these, but this one kind of caught, this one in particular caught my eye, and I did find a couple others. Um, We do apologize for skipping last week, but uh, I think Eric and I both kind of needed a break. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so actually, hold on before we jump into that, because, you know, we've been talking about this, uh, actually prior to, to the episode here, but you know, Justin just said we, we've been feeling off lately. And so I kind of want to get everyone else's opinion because we've been seeing it kind of common throughout the social media realm, uh, online. And that is uh, basically feeling this immense anxiety or just something feeling off, you know, this, this awareness that something just isn't clicking right or, you know, whatever within our universe. And so I'm wondering for, you know, with all of you, uh, if you can let us know, like, are you feeling something that's soft? Do you feel a shift happening like within America, within the world, uh, within our known universe? Because I feel like the energies, there are various energies at play right now and they're not meshing. They're not mixing. And it makes, I don't know. It just feels like we're on a teeter totter or something. Mm. It just feels wobbly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think what is what's throwing me off a lot is, we had some major stuff happen. A couple weeks went, went by, seemed like everything was kind of mellowing out. And then all of a sudden, another big, huge thing happens. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'll give a just kind of brief synopsis. Uh, it sounds like we're, as a country, moving away from the Federal Reserve uh, currency, and we're going to something different. Uh, they're calling it QFS, Quantum financial system uh i'll leave it up to you guys to google what that is or get some information on it because uh, this is not going to be the episode we're doing today but it we were good for i don't know what four weeks five weeks how long was it uh, since the the whole balloon stuff went down we're probably at about four weeks it feels longer honestly but i think we're probably around four weeks so but yeah, definitely reach out to us, uh, whether you comment on wherever you listen to this, um, even on on our website, paratruth.com, or on any of the socials. Um, yeah, things, are, things have just been weirder and weirder, and on top of that, both Eric and I have felt something off, and it, it's, I, I think it's throwing our entire world off. Not, mm-hmm. not world as in Earth, Eric and I's world off. 
Yeah, no, for sure. It's just, it's, it, I don't know. It just feels like something's, you're right. Something's off. There, there's no other way to put it because it's, it's that difficult to explain or understand. Uh, but I know like my anxiety has been kind of crazy lately and it's like a feeling as if something is wrong. Just can't pinpoint what it is, mm-hmm. you know, just something's off. Uh, and I know we both have friends within the paranormal community who said the same thing over the, over the last few months. Uh, so yeah, guys, let us know. Are we just, I don't know. Are we just crazy going yeah. crazy? Is all this paranormal stuff getting to us? Uh, or are, are we onto something? Something's going on. Uh, you let us know either way. We are going to go ahead and jump into this episode now. All right. So the, the, cryptid that i had originally pitched out to eric i i said kind of just obscure cryptids but this one is just really odd to me um i don't know if you'd ever heard of the not deer before i mentioned it to you because you do you you are a part of the appalachian or appalachian however you pronounce it uh group on Facebook and this is from that region. So I, I didn't know if you'd heard about this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have. I've heard about it quite a bit over the last few weeks, actually. Okay. So for those of you that don't know what the not deer is, I had never heard of it before I had seen, uh, of course, a TikTok video on it. So of course I started doing, I'm like, what the hell is this thing? It, doesn't make any sense to me because the the picture that they had in the video to me looked like a uh, trail cam gone wrong. Like a, it took the picture wrong. And the mm-hmm. picture that they had was of what looked like kind of a normal deer, but it had three eyes and the eyes were more forward facing instead of on the side like most deers are because they are prey and the pred- the predators are the ones that have the forward facing eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the not deer is an elusive urban legend in the Appalachian region of North America, though they have been spotted all across the continent. It is interesting to me that it kind of started in Appalachia and has traveled since, but just like, The Bigfoot, I mean, deer are migratory animals. So, um, unfortunately, there are a few well-founded written records of the not deer, uh, though this is often the case with folklore, the stories being passed on early rather than written down. Um, The not deer is larger than a normal deer. Their bodily proportions more similar to that of a moose. And they are capable of reaching incredible speeds of up to 30 miles per hour. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the actual speed of a regular deer. But to me, that sounds about normal for a regular deer. Um, Mm -hmm. People who have encountered the not deer reported that they seem to possess a higher level of sentience than other animals. They're capable of reasoning and making choices based on conscious thought rather than animal instinct. Weirdest of all, they're not afraid of humans, which truthfully, again, uh, in my experience, deers have become less and less afraid of humans because we tend to feed them for whatever reason. Well, and it's not just feeding them. It's really just the the amount of uh, structures going up around wildlife's 
territory. That's you know, we're true tearing too, down yeah. trees. We're building, you know, I, I mean, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. So relatively big city, uh, a lot of concrete, you know, around these parts. And you'll see deer in the middle of, you know, downtown city streets, which is weird. You wouldn't, shouldn't mm. see them there. Uh, but as humanity continues to expand upon, uh, you know, their buildings and streets and all that, we're just simply taking away their territory and they have nowhere else to go. So naturally they're spending a lot of time around people and around cars, unfortunately, uh, because unfortunately, you know, they meet their demise quicker right. <laughs> in the cities. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's definitely part of it too. I think they're both part of it. Right. Um, something that this article says, and I, I'm starting to try and wrap my head around it, uh, is that the rational explanation for the not deer is a disease called chronic wasting disease. It's a fatal neurological illness that is commonly seen in North American deer, elk, and moose. It's transmittable, uh, and it's a transmissible disease that occurs when misfolded proteins or prions are introduced into the animal's system. For reference, it's very similar to mad cow disease and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which uh, afflicts humans. There is no treatment currently available. Cruelly, the disease can take up to two years to kill the host, leaving the animal to suffer a slow and painful death. Visual signs of CWD include emaciation, decreased social interaction, interaction with other deer, loss of fear of humans, and loss of awareness. These are all in line with what people have described after seeing the not deer. Except for, of course, the walking on hind legs. So apparently that's something this not deer does as well. Um, But all the I'll call them quote-unquote pictures that I've seen of this thing is there are some physical characteristics physical characteristics that are different. Um, there have been some pictures that show deer that they don't have the typical herbivoric teeth. They're more carnivorous in nature, more predatory in nature. Like I mentioned earlier, I've seen a picture where the deer has three eyes, but again, it's more on the forward facing instead of on the sides like most deer are. Um, a little bit bigger, like this article had mentioned, more moose size than deer, normal deer size. So I don't know how CWD would play a factor in that if it's just a mental disease. Well, I mean, there's there are a couple of other diseases as well. And of course, one is called like which I think is very similar to this, which is is basically the zombie disease in which a deer cannot eat or drink water or food. And so it kind of gets this almost mangy type of look. Uh, oh, that's what this the CDWD is okay. uh, called yeah. in yeah. layman's and terms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and so it, it creates this effect that the deer looks significantly different than other deer. It's kind of like when okay. you see... Um, uh, I don't know, something like like a coyote with mange people often right associate it with the chupacabra, chupacabra right uh you know so it's that it's very possible i've seen a lot of things on tiktok as i was, I was actually going through 
various reels and stuff today looking at things there were people claiming that they were not deer and showing video of it and there were people showing similar videos but then explaining why they're not not deer yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh you know so it's really interesting i think you know as, as we often see in the paranormal community uh and, and paranormal researchers there's always the paranormal perspective, the theory behind what these creatures are, whether or not they actually exist, but then there's a scientific uh, description behind what it likely is or could be that's causing these not deer to be not deer. Uh, now, one video that I saw was actually a deer who seemed to be kind of acting a little strange. It was a laying on the ground. It was moving kind of weird. And when the girl who was filming or woman, she, she tried to get close to it and it, basically sounded like it growled at her and lunged toward her and she freaked out. And so everyone's claiming not deer, not deer because deer don't growl. Um, But there was a hunter who decided to comment on it. And he had mentioned that he had been hunting since he was a kid, like early teens. Uh, And basically what he sees is a deer who's injured. And that what a lot of people don't realize is when a deer is injured, it's going to try to protect itself and it'll often snort and deer snort. I mean, if Mm. you spend any time around deer or, you know, no matter where they're at, you'll hear them snort every once in a while. The aggressive deal. Right. And sometimes it's aggressive, especially when they're like playing or fighting with each other. And sometimes they do it to like clear their nose or whatever. Um, but that's exactly what it kind of sounded like it, in in the video. It seemed as if it was being specifically aggressive toward the person, but it was just, in my opinion, and based on what this person was saying, is it was really just protecting itself. You know, an injured deer is going to do its best uh, to try to ward off predators, and obviously, not all humans are kind, so the deer doesn't know. Mm. Um, but a lot of so basically, what I think we're seeing here is there could be a lot of misidentification in terms of what the not deer is. Uh, but there are still other videos that are interesting and photos for that matter that say otherwise. Right. Well, this, this article that I found um, is from medium.com. It mentions, is this possibly like a skinwalker mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. situation too? Um, and, there was a video that I saw this person had piled together supposed, supposed, sorry, I can't talk today. Um, skinwalker videos. And one of them was this one, this normal deer bounds off of screen into the brush. And then all of a sudden comes bounding back. And this other, Deer is the only word I can describe it comes bounding after it, but the head it's a buck and the head is cocked almost like the deer's neck had been broken and it survived and healed Mm -hmm. and was running after this other deer. I don't know if you've seen that this video or not, but, um, but they said in the video that they thought it was a skinwalker changing form and that's why it was looked weird yeah uh, i actually have seen that video and i've seen other videos that are similar to it and there is an explanation a scientific explanation now again whether or not this is the reason for it you know who knows it's it's up to whoever's perspective right 
Um, but there are two things. One, either the deer's neck was actually broken and it was still alive because it does happen, uh, mm-hmm. even with humans. The other, though, which is what was explained in another video that I had seen uh, that showed a similar thing, mm-hmm. uh, is that basically the deer was being hunted. It was shot in a spot, a specific spot. And what happens is when the bullet hit the nerve, it creates its its neck basically contorts like that. Uh, it's kind of like its last, it's on its last life and it's freaking oh. out. Its body doesn't know what it's doing. Um, and so it's very possible that that's what we were seeing there. But of course, I can't say for sure. Um, I didn't see any blood in that video that you're talking about. Uh, so who knows? It could be that it was just acting weird. Uh, I've seen deer around my parents' house that are kind of jacked up. You know, there was one when we first moved in or back when I was living with my parents, when we first moved, uh, to the suburb, uh, this mm. specific suburb in Ohio, uh, there was a famous deer in the area known as Crooked Jaw. And basically, it was hit by a car or uh, we got in a fight, and its jaw was sh- entirely shifted off to the right side Oof. of its face. Um, and it was like that for a couple of years. Don't know how it ate or drank water properly, uh, but you know, you get little things like that where it happens. Um, these deer get into fights, and you know, things happen, unfortunately. And that could be another thing too, because if this deer, that these two deer were fighting, and one got its head snapped or his neck snapped when they were butting heads. You know, it's very possible. Right. But, and I'll continue because we'll lead on with this because you're talking about the skinwalker. There is yet another video that has been going through TikTok lately. And that is an image or video of a deer standing in a cemetery. And you had sent me this, I think, or I sent it to you. I think you sent it to me um, where the deer is standing there and it seems like a normal deer. And then all of a sudden it's torso stretches like yeah. elongates. And there are a lot of people saying that it was in the midst of transforming as well uh, as a skinwalker. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. video. Actually, <laughs> I tried to debunk it too. Cause I watched it today. I've watched it like several times. I was just trying to see how the effect, if there, if it's an effect, if there's anything else that was stretching or elongating within the video, but it's just the deer. So it's interesting. There's ways to do it, obviously, but it looks pretty natural. So I don't know much about it. If deer just kind of do that, but. And like we talked about last episode, maybe it was just a glitch in the matrix. Who knows? <laughs> Could have been a glitch in the matrix. <sighs> All right, so there's a couple of other ones I found that are are kind of interesting. We've never really touched on them, mostly because they they're ones that I've necessarily never heard of. Um, but Lake Tahoe, uh, I think it must border both California and Nevada because there's a Tahoe Tessie. Which is a lake monster, and of course, got its name from Nessie. And then there's also one in Maryland and Virginia from the Chesapeake Bay called Chessie. And I looked at both of these and I'm like, wow, we are not original in our name no. of Lake well, Monsters. So. You know, Cleveland's Lake Monster is called Bessie. Well, so. right. Like Nessie, the only one Bessie, that changes is, is Champ from Lake Champ- Champlain. Lake Champlain, yeah. <laughs> Which but is even then, it's not 
creative at all because it's just another part of the name of the lake. Yeah. I mean, it's not creative, but at least it's different. They didn't just <laughs> right. you know, change the first letter or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so it was it was kind of interesting to see both of these, but it they are both similar to Nessie as in the descriptions of these creatures are uh, plesiosaur, uh, ichthyosaur, or mosasaur type creatures that are uh, ba- they were they were water based uh, mm. dinosaurs basically. Um, there are quite a few in this one article that we have covered the Popelik monster, um, grass man, lizard man of scape or swamp. But uh, have we ever talked about the Ozark Howler? No, we haven't. Okay, so witnesses describe the creature as a large black cat with horns and glowing eyes. And it gets its name from the loud, eerie howl it emits throughout the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Cryptozoologists have suggested that the creature could be an unrecognized big cat, which is very possible. With anthropologists have while anthropologists have speculated that the stories of the cryptid were simply inspired by the black dogs of death found in British folklore, which we have covered. However, evolutionists who believe in the Ozark howler say it could be a mutated mountain lion breed or a hybrid of mountain lion and another animal. I'll go one step further and say possibly maybe this big cat got a pair of goat antlers caught after it had come across a skeleton or it's, it's kill or whatever. And it mm-hmm. got caught on its head for some reason. Right. There is a possible logical explanation to that. Sure. Uh, the Iliamna Lake monster in Alaska, local call locals call her Illy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the sure, reports of the cryptid, <laughs> and the reports of the cryptid have been around since the indigenous um, Aleut people uh, that lived on the shores of Alaska's Iliamna Lake. However, the lake monster wasn't brought into the public eye until the '40s, when pilots reported seeing a large fish swimming in the waters below. By the 1950s, there were constant reports of large aluminum colored fish in the lake and in 1979 the Anchorage Daily News offered $100,000 to anyone who could provide conclusive evidence of Illy's existence so far no evidence has been found but sightings of the fish continue today and Illy was even featured on Animal Plans show River Monsters but scientists say that there's no monster in Lake Iliamna many have suggested that What people are seeing are actually sleeper sharks. These fish can exceed 20 feet in length and swim into rivers and lakes to find food. And scientists say that the Illy sightings are often consistent with the shark's shape and colors. Let's see here. Altamaha in Georgia. Stop me if you've heard of any of these, by the way. Okay. Although no physical evidence of this aquatic creature exists, stories of a large snake-like 
animal swimming in the waters of Georgia's Altamaha River date back to the 18th century. The Tama Indian tribe has legends of such a creature and alleged sightings of Altamaha continue to be reported today with most reports involving swimmers bumping into the creature. It's been described as looking like a sturgeon, but having the head of a crocodile. And cryptozoologists have speculated that Altamaha may be an ocean cryptid that spawns in the fresh waters of the mouth of the river. Mm. Which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is a dinosaur that kind of has that similar characteristic. Um, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but again, most of these sea creatures are a lot of times attributed to dinosaurs that had survived somehow. Right. Well, and I mean, it would make the most sense that if anything survived, it would be the water creatures who right. were, you know, able to avoid the radiation the, of right yeah um i mean and that's part of like why you know crocodiles alligators are probably the closest we have to living dinosaurs at, right you know, today and you know i don't know if that's just say that they themselves survived the the extinction of dinosaurs or if they were just a evolution of you know something afterward right. but <clears throat> nonetheless you know sharks are another one you know there sh- there are sharks that are hundreds of years old uh which is crazy to think about um so it's certainly possible that they survive too especially when we think about megalodon which you know we talked about this last week i think a little um or one of these past days that was last week or sorry you guys know what I'm talking about. We last were going to have a show last right. week, the last episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, uh, especially like even with birds. You know, it's another one mm. that a lot of people think could have survived as well, which I think is less likely compared to the ocean creatures because the ocean creatures have kind of this watery barrier between them and the atmosphere that was right. highly polluted at the time. Uh, but that's not to say that some birds did exist you know today we have a lot of sightings of the thunderbirds still especially over in the uh the northwest of the u.s uh now a lot of those sightings can be attributed to other large birds especially sea uh, bearing birds but uh you know again when it comes to these cryptids a lot of it is all eyewitness accounts that are told verbally there's no photos there's rarely video uh so a lot of it we just have to kind of you know, throw our luck in on it's either real or it isn't. We may never find out. Right. All right. Is there any, uh, cryptids that you've seen recently that we haven't necessarily touched base on at all? I mean, I think we touched base on a lot of cryptids over the years. Uh, and I was actually specifically looking for some in Ohio because, you know, why not? Uh, and you know, even those, they, Every once in a while, so like every couple of years, you tend to find a new cryptid pop up in Mm -hmm. any specific state. Uh, And there was one I came across this morning in Ohio. I lost it, though, so I can't find it. I don't remember (laughs) what it was or where I saw it. Uh, But, you know, nonetheless, there is a creature that we talked about a little bit. And this is kind of 
I, I don't know. Like I, I'm kind of weird, kind of weird about it because, um, it, it's known as a, we've talked about the cedar bog monster in the past. Mm. And I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because so often we see a lot of cryptids that are called, you know, in this case, cedar bog, but they're very much related to Bigfoot sasquatch yeah and yet people will come up with their own names for it when in reality they're just the same creatures that exist throughout the entire continent uh you know of, of north america and so <clears throat> i find it really inter- interesting that a creature like this has been spotted in ohio of course you know is one of the landmark spots for bigfoot settings it's like one of the biggest hot spots uh and in this case the cedar bog monster first appeared in a nature preserve in 1942 where ohioans began seeing a large ape-like creature in the area and after some teenagers went missing at the bog the existence of the monster was solidified in the minds of people and of course, shortly after that, the bog was fenced in and reportedly to keep people from wandering into it and to keep deer and other wildlife from straying onto the road. But of course, there are still a lot of people who believe that this creature exists, despite there being no photo or video evidence. Uh, and I think a key word here is, or sentence even, is that the existence of the monster was solidified in the mind's of the people. And I think we see that a lot within cryptozoology. Right. You know, a, a lot of this is hearsay, naysay. We see or we hear something and immediately it takes on this kind of life. Um, even if it doesn't exist, it, they're just, a lot of this is just stories. Uh, but that's not to say that they're not real. I mean, obviously Bigfoot has to be real. There's a significant evidence, I think, to say that they are, that something exists. Yeah. That yeah, is Sasquatch like. Because, I mean, you've also got the Ohio grass man. Right. That's same thing. Very similar. Uh, (laughs) It's funny that you you mentioned that because now that I think about it, there are a lot of Bigfoot type creatures that are based out of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. But also, I mean, and this is something that I find very fascinating and kind of have find pride in (laughs) being a paranormal enthusiast is that Ohio is actually the leading melting pot of cryptozoological and haunted or ghost-like creatures, Uh, but especially cryptids. Uh, You know, we see all kinds of cryptids from all over the states, but Ohio has the largest percentage of individual cryptids within America. Why is beyond me. You know, we also know that a large majority of serial killers also come from Ohio. Makes no sense. Telling you, man, it's the water from the lake. (laughs) Give me Lake Erie water. It's something, man. It's weird, you know. But I mean, think about so when you consider when you consider how many cryptids we've talked about over the years, there are actually just known cryptids. The mm-hmm. ones that are most popular anyway. There are some, like I said, I came across one today that I've never heard about, uh, also in Ohio. But there are at this moment eleven creatures supposedly living or have been spotted in Ohio. Twelve if you count the one that I saw today or read about today. And that is, and I'm gonna just go through these eleven real quick. The Loveland Frogman. Yep, which we talked, talked about, about a lot. Probably the most popular Ohio creature. The Grassman, 
the Mothman, a lot of people don't realize they, everyone associates the Mothman with West Virginia for right. a specific reason. But right. the Mothman was also cited during that same time because uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia sits right on the border Not of far, Ohio, right. uh, literally just a couple miles. Uh, the Minerva monster, which is another Bigfoot like creature. Uh, the Cedar Bog monsters, I just said. Yeah, a third Bigfoot like creature. Then there's Orange Eyes which a lot of people think is more of an alien-like creature that showed up one day from outer space. Uh, the Mill Lake monster, the Crosswick monster, and then Bessie, the Lake Area monster, of mm-hmm. course, famous. Uh, the Peninsula Python. This is less, I think, of a monster, more so of probably a creature that escaped from a zoo or something, <laughs> I should think, because you know pythons aren't they're not cryptids. Uh, but nonetheless, you don't find those. They shouldn't be in Ohio. Right. And then the dog man, which is a relatively new addition to Ohio, but has been around for quite a while. The most recent sighting, at least according to this article, is 2016. It's been cited since then. Uh, but a lot of it has been on the west side of Ohio. Uh, but it's but there's been sightings uh, just south of Cleveland, actually. Uh, there's been sightings in Akron, uh, mm. which is about a 40-minute drive. So... Mm. Uh, it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of cryptids, hot melting pot of monsters living in Ohio. You also didn't and mention the melon heads. The melon heads. That's another one. Like, it's insane. <laughs> why Why did you leave Ohio, man? We have everything we need right here. You know how many documentaries you can make? <laughs> how many investigations? <laughs> um. It, was the investigation we did at uh, uh, what was the name of it? It was the mansion that was supposedly a mansion that burnt down with a bunch of orphans in it. What was the name of it? Gore. Gore. Gore orphanage. Yes. Yeah, Gore orphanage. That's it. That that is close to where the melon heads mm-hmm. are supposedly at. So I'm shocked we didn't just do a double investigation for both. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. We didn't even think about it. Um, that was a long drive. Yeah, <laughs> I recall. <laughs> I just remember salting around the car, and then afterwards, it did kind of look like there were possibly handprints on the windows. But mm-hmm. the the legend was that like the windows were completely fogged over with little kids' hands prints. Right. Um. But yeah, it that was one that I I don't know if we ever really got anything from it, but it was just interesting to because it was an urban legend that it was an orphanage that burnt down, and really it was just like a house of a person that just got dilapidated over time, <laughs> or <laughs> as far as history is telling us, anyways. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's like playing telephone, and the more you write about the history or talk about it the more extravagant it becomes, you know? Right. Um, and it's, you know, we do the same thing. We don't mean to do the same thing, you and I, but there have been occasions where we've done the same thing uh, right. where we're telling each other a story. And it's like, I don't believe that's entirely accurate. <laughs> 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 All right, folks, we're about at the halfway point. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Paratruth Radio. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we've been talking about some of the lesser-known cryptids in existence around, well, I guess primarily the country. We didn't really talk about the world very much, or at all. Um... But you know there are dozens and dozens of cryptids that a lot of people don't even know about. They're here and there. They're sprinkled throughout the web. Uh, they're sprinkled around the world, depending on where you go. Uh, you know, and there's cryptids that we don't even know yet, like cryptids that aren't online that people just see and you know it's by word of mouth that we hear stories about. Uh, the cryptid I think is one of the most interesting subjects within paranormal research and documentation because these are creatures that are they're not ghosts you know these these aren't things that can be easily scientifically tested you know but they're physical beings for the most part um and they're creatures that very well could exist within our oceans within our lakes our rivers or within our vast forests throughout the United States and even around the world. Uh, you know, Ohio is one of, has some of the biggest metro parks, um, not metro parks and uh, national parks. Uh, and in fact, uh, the national park in Ohio, uh, Cuyahoga Valley National Park is ranked the third best national park in the country, which is insane to me. It makes yeah, no sense to right. me, but it's, I've never been to another national park either though. So I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I might go to Yellowstone and be like, Oh, Oh, how's better? Yeah, I doubt that. I think I'll, I think Yellowstone's number one, actually. Um, but the point is, you know, whether it's the forest, the Appalachian Mountains, the you know, even the Rockies, though the Rockies don't have much in terms of their cryptid uh, stories. But that's also because the Rockies are a relatively young mm-hmm. uh, mountain range. Um, but it, it's interesting, I think. You know. Uh, and I find it not only fascinating, but I find these cryptid creatures to be quite horrifying compared to a lot of the spiritual entities that we've talked about over the years. Right. Yeah. And like, like you're saying the, the physical as in we can get 100% pictures, not necessarily always clear pictures, but we get pictures of a lot of these creatures and it's very hard to debunk or say 100% certainty. This is what happened that this picture came out that way. Right. 
So well, and it, it, good. You know, no, I was, was going to say, you know, the difference is, I mean, obviously a lot of the photos and videos that we get on cryptids is crap, which makes really makes no sense considering how well cell phones do in terms of their photography and videography these days, at least from a normal standpoint, once you zoom in, it starts getting crappy. Um, right. But there's also the possibility that some of these cryptids, uh, especially Bigfoot, for example, which we've talked about, has the ability to disrupt signals and can make an image fuzzier than it really is. Um, but I think on top of that, when it comes to these cryptid monsters or creatures, uh, the photos are still relatively clear to get some sort of an image as opposed to when we're ghost hunting. Uh, and catching images of what may or may not be spirits because there's a lot of light anomalies that then also play into a factor uh, or that factor into some of these ghostly images. So they're not as easy to, to, to debunk or show as some of these cryptids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and the most cameras now compared to back in the day are definitely better, but even trail cams that, are they have the night vision on them or infrared on them can tend to distort because they're not the best quality. Um, and when you're messing with infrared and, and night vision, that tends to cause some issues too, especially on something that's moving. Um, but so long as you've got a decent, like, um, drone or something most drones have really good cameras on them too but even then when they're catching them from above it's from a very far distance and a lot of times the image can be distorted not necessarily because of the distance but because of maybe whatever creature it is like you mentioned bigfoot having possibly like an ultrasound type effect would distort it right so Unfortunately, as always, we really don't have a whole lot of answers just bringing you guys the truth that we find throughout the web and from people we've talked to and stuff like that. But we would love to hear from you guys as far as what cryptids are in your area or have you ever seen any? Uh, Definitely reach out to us. Like Eric mentioned earlier, if you guys are feeling off or feeling something's weird with the world right now or the universe. Um, we definitely want to hear from you too, because we don't want to put that out into the world and we're just freaking nuts. But um, I, I'm, I have a feeling a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, but we would definitely love to hear your guys' stories about that. But um, any uh, housekeeping we need to do before we sign out for today? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, we don't have anything special coming up right now. Oh, we do have, actually, we do have a guest officially booked. Um, so we are getting back into having more guests join us. Yep. Uh, authors and well, mainly authors right now. But regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um we we did reach out to Dr. Heather Lynn, who we've had on the show before, but she's got a mm-hmm. new book called the Ana- the Anunnaki Connection. So we're hoping to get her back on too, because she was actually one of our favorite guests that we had on two years ago. 
Mm-hmm. I think so. It's crazy. It feels like it was right. Yeah, much shorter than that. Um. So yeah, you know. So we're gonna have. We're definitely gonna have some new guests on, and then we're looking to bring on some some previous guests yeah. that everyone has enjoyed and who have new new works out. So, uh, good thing is we will be getting guests back regardless as a guarantee. Uh, so I think that's happening. Was it April? The beginning of May is the one that we have officially booked, but we're trying towards the end of April to actually start getting the guests on. We just haven't had any confirmations for the end of April, but the beginning of May for sure. Right. And so so I will put out one more thing. If you guys are still listening, uh, if you happen to be an expert in your field of the paranormal, uh, psychology anything that has to do with extraterrestrials or um uh psychic mediumship things like that feel free to reach out to us if you want to be a guest on the show you want to talk about some of these things that you're an expert at maybe you're not even an expert maybe you just enjoy this kind of stuff and you want to talk about it uh, on a bigger platform feel free to email us feel free to reach out to us on social media uh if you're listening from the website you could just contact us we have a contact page Mm -hmm. uh but we want to hear from you we'll be happy to bring you on and just have a little chat for sure. All right, folks until next week where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin and I'm Eric. Peace. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.